This podcast is brought to you by Trend. Trend is a micro-influencer marketing platform that helps connect brands with influencers. Learn more, join our network, or start an influencer campaign at trend.io. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Trend. I'm your host, Jay, here with Ramon. And today we're going to be talking about online stores, e-commerce, and reviewing over some interesting trends that we're finding in terms of e-commerce as a result of coronavirus, specifically towards Shopify and GoDaddy. Yeah, Jay and I were just chatting offline before the podcast and we've seen the trends in, you know, their earnings report are coming out for some of these public companies that are in the space of entrepreneurship, uh, of empowering entrepreneurs to create their business, such as GoDaddy and Shopify. And that there were some interesting stats in there and, and patterns that we were able to to see, which uh, were quite surprising, especially because of the given economy right now. Uh, they're, they're quite surprising to see. But then when you dig into the reason for the numbers, uh, it all starts to click and, and make sense. So I think here, Jay, we, we could walk people through that stage of having that idea all the way onto getting your first conversion, which is probably the biggest challenge. And I'm pretty sure that over 50% of people, when they start their journey as an entrepreneur, I'm pretty sure they drop off on that step of like being completely finished with your website to getting the first conversion. That's where people drop out uh, because there's certain key elements that need to be in place for that to happen. And if you don't know them, uh, it could be a frustrating experience. Yeah, definitely. I think you make a really good point over there that that key, I would especially focus in on that key first conversion, just because I feel like even if you do have your website ready to go and, you know, putting that together is easy because that's the controllable piece. But the uncontrollable piece is getting your first customer, getting someone to commit to converting. And, you know, if that doesn't happen immediately or pretty immediately, it can be a little bit deterring in terms of trying to get that new business going. So I guess that's a really good point to pick up from. How do you think that some of these small businesses or entrepreneurs that are looking to get started or maybe move towards e-commerce should should do? What should they do to get started? You know, the first thing you need, uh, I would say, is a is is a name for your brand. Uh, but even even before the a good name for your brand. But I would say even before that, uh, I think, you know, it's about does about validating your concept on do people want what you're what you're trying to sell or create? Do people even want it? And I think one of the best recipes for that is product founder fit where the product that the founder is creating aligns with their career their their learnings their obstacles or or what's the story behind why this founder is making uh this product if it's literally just because you're white labeling something and you thought it was a hot market I think that you're not going to be able to mentally overcome the challenges that come with making that first sale and also not because 
there's a good founder fit uh, founder product fit means that you're just gonna get more sales or sales faster it's that you're gonna have the the relentless mindset to continue uh, and the drive to continue to to keep testing and iterating until you get the first conversion whereas you know for something that's kind of white labeled and you really have no passion or, or care about odds are that when it becomes as soon as it becomes more challenging than you expected it to you're just going to drop it off yeah, definitely. And I think one thing that you have to also consider as well is what kind of goal you're setting for your business that you're starting up. Is it something that you're really trying to turn into a full-time career kind of thing and make it very big? Or is this something that's supposed to be a side hustle or something like that? And I think you can definitely have both, but it's kind of figuring out you know, what your total addressable market is like what you're doing with your product, where's the story, and kind of figuring out what your goals are because if there's misalignment on what your goals are with that business, chances are if you don't reach those goals or if they aren't set correctly, you're going to be very disappointed in that final result. Yeah, agreed. I think also, you know, going back to the, is this a full-time thing you want to do or is this a side hustle thing? I think that for the side hustle thing, once again, it goes back to the drive. There's only so much energy and focus that you have in a given day. And I think more than like, hey, whether you want to make this a side hustle or a full-time thing, it's more like, you know, why are you starting this in the first place? And then what is your goal in terms of revenue outcome? You know, would you be happy if this would be able to cover your rent? And is that the goal? And are you being realistic with that outcome? Meaning that that's actually what you want to do. And if it goes above and beyond that, cool, but you're not going to put more energy into it because you did what you wanted to do? Or are you trying to build a company that's going to take over a market and become a $10 million plus business? Because the angle in which you approach it, I think will have a lot to do with every decision that you make on every step along the way. In fact, one of my businesses in the past, I was like, you know, if I can take this to I think it was like three grand a month, you know, I'll be set. And it went way above that. Um, And then it turned into a full-time thing. It did not start as a full-time thing. I'm not sure how it would have worked if I had just started it as like, hey, I want to make this a a big business uh, from the get-go. So I think there's a certain magic on when you try and start something because A, you enjoy, B, because it's fun to be a part of. Uh, I think it has a lot more chances of success uh, because you're not just trying to go after a monetary compensation right off the bat. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, a lot of those part-time side hustles, you know, sometimes when you've got that passion behind it, they end up becoming full-time projects or they're able to do that just because you're able to put all that energy into those projects. Uh, So kind of talking along, building your brand or building your business from the ground up. So you talked about, you know, putting your logo together, your website together, and then kind of like marketing yourself and getting that first conversion. What would you recommend to kind of move the ball into that direction and turn this from something that's just, you know, an idea, something that you put together into an actual business that you're able to generate revenue off of? Of course, you have to validate the market. Uh, So after you have the website, first of all, I would entirely skip the part of worrying about 
the product uh, in itself. I think before that you want to validate the idea. Of course, like it's got to be a product that you know you're going to be able to build. But looking into the exact logistics of the product, I don't think it's a way to go. I think you want to make a landing page where you can just test if people are willing to pay for it. Uh, I think that's the the best way to do it. But how do you get that first conversion? Definitely look into how saturated the market is. If it is a saturated market, what specifically makes you different about the product that why, why would I want to purchase over all these other options? And I think that a you need to have a really well a story really well aligned for why consumers should purchase from you. What are they a part of? You know this kind of culture that you're trying to build, and is that message really getting across? properly on your website. Number two, I think you need some sort of social proof behind it. Uh, it's really, really hard to get somebody to purchase something off a website. Even though we see all these direct-to-consumer and e-commerce brands growing like crazy, uh, it, it often gets overlooked at what was the first stage of, of social proof for them uh, to be able to get those conversions. So whether it's getting the word out there that you're backed by XYZ Mentor, whether it's the fact that you have great product uh, reviews, uh, whether it's the fact that you have an influencer uh, that's backing your product, uh, some pe that people are talking about it, people that I can relate to are actually endorsing uh, this product, I think are key elements to getting that first conversion. And I wouldn't go completely overboard. I would just try to add just just some certain level of social proof because you also want to test how hot the market is. So you can go into a market that's actually not hot and use all the best influencers in the world and the product could sell like crazy just because of who's endorsing it. But you also want to go into a market that you know it's absolutely booming. So have an element of social proof, but don't overdo it in the early stages, I believe. What do you think about that, Jay? Yeah, I think social proof is definitely huge. And anyone that is starting their business can't undervalue that. And you've got to be able to put it more important than ever now uh, with just so many social media platforms are there, so many outlets for just developing and showing off social proof. It's kind of like, you know, there's so many ways to show it off. It's kind of a red flag as a consumer if you don't see any over there. And going, talking about that point of social proof, I think it would be really nice for a lot of our listeners to have some actionable ideas or tips that they can take away and do this. So I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs are in the boat of being very bootstrapped, low on cash. Obviously, you know, some people do have a lot of cash going into building their first business, but for most First-time entrepreneurs, a lot of them are short on either short on cash or need to really get creative on how to use the capital that they have. So what are some actionable tips you would suggest in terms of how do I build that social proof on a budget? I'm glad you bring that up because there's there's two ends of the spectrum. There's the people that are like, hey, we're just going to dump a bunch of money into it. And then there's the scrappy people that are like, you know, we're going to do this without spending a dollar. And I think that you have to weigh two things out, A, the time and B, you know, how how accurate of a validation system are you building? So, of course, you know, if you dump $10,000 into validating a product, you will get the sales, you will get to say you validate it. But I think the lower the budget, 
the more creative you have to get and the more you're actually validating a market. So, of course, I mean, it's a return on investment thing. So if you went ahead and created a website and built a concept with $10,000 and you get 100 sales, you know, it's not the same as if you built a website with a thousand or two thousand dollars and and get you know a hundred two hundred dollars in sales. So I believe that the best budget to do this is anywhere from a thousand to two thousand dollars because a you're gonna get your domain, you're gonna get your Shopify or e-commerce uh, provider of choice that you do. You should probably pay a designer uh, to just make things look pretty. Uh, that Im- impacts conversion a lot. You're gonna want about, I would say, you know, a, a two fifty to three hundred dollar budget on ads because you might mess some things up. You might want to tweak copy. You might want to test locations and audiences that best work for you. And then you're gonna want social proof, uh, which I believe the best way is testimonial product reviews, uh, product testimonial videos from creators and micro influencers. That's the biggest uh, advantage of social proof you could get for a product that nobody knows about. So I would probably put uh, you know, a price tag of $1,500 to about $2,000 uh, for getting those elements together, which are essentially the the backbone of and and the designer not only for the website but also for the product mock-up i know when i'm thinking about starting a business or doing any of that stuff uh, i think two of the things that you really pointed to well were i know we talked about a little bit of the social proof but i want to jump directly into more of like facebook ads i think you know that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs could struggle with at the beginning especially if they don't have a high level knowledge or they haven't really done this before. So what I recommend as someone who's done some ad campaigns before and ran some ad campaigns, first of all, do some research. Obviously everyone's industry is a little bit different than everyone else's and make sure you have a lot of testing in place. So don't just put throw all your money into one campaign, just kind of how, you know, you wouldn't want to throw all your money into one focus of your business and it end up not working out. So I think you should definitely set up some different ad campaigns, test out some different copies, see what really sticks in terms of the Facebook thing. And then in terms of spending your other dollars uh, where you have them, you know, Ramon mentioned that a thousand to fifteen hundred is maybe a good starting point of a budget. Um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this, Ramon, is one thing I'm going to suggest out there and feel free to completely shoot it down, uh, turn my idea into flames, but maybe look into using some virtual assistants to be able to fill some of those gaps. I know we work a lot with outsourcing some of our creative needs in terms of maybe a little bit of content or design or things like that. What are your thoughts about, you know, as a small business owner using virtual assistants, people that you can find uh, that you can do to kind of do quick jobs, whether it's social media management or reaching out to influencers or building your website. What are your thoughts on doing all that stuff? Well, I will shoot the plane down real quick because we do certainly use virtual assistants for a lot of things, but not for design. All of our design is done in-house and from scratch from Mazak himself. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily say we use it for that. I do recommend using it for that, but we're lucky enough that Zach is 
um, an outstanding, you know, product manager and UX UI designer. Uh, but in terms, uh, I was actually about to break that down, uh, Jay, and here's some ways that I think you could leverage uh, a VA the most. So when it comes to Facebook ads, let's say you have that $1,500 to $2,000 budget. Um, that's if the test goes right. <laughs> the test could totally go wrong and bring you back to square one to a either a failed business or another $2,000. So you want to try and you know minimize the risk as much as possible. And when you're dealing with Facebook ads, you need the budget. So whatever budget you're going to do for ads, let's say if you don't know how to manage it and you're looking for someone to to pay to manage your ads and then the content uh, in itself and the content needs to perform. Otherwise, you're paying and buying content that is not going to perform. Therefore, the budget for the ads is going to get lost and everything else. So I highly recommend using VAs to do keyword research, to do industry research, to go and gather, you know, what are other companies similarly doing uh, when it comes to ads? perhaps making a list of similar CEOs in the industry that you should be reaching out to and talking with or directors of marketing that you should be talking with before just going out and launching um, an ad campaign. There's many, many ways to use uh, these VAs. I would also maybe, you know, if you're getting really scrappy, you could purchase a piece of content and have a VA design over it, your value proposition, and use that as a creative uh, for the first ad. Although, you know, we recommend the social proof ads with micro influencers that's that's just another way uh you could do it but you should definitely partner uh or talk to someone that knows someone that knows someone how to run ads because if you've never done it um i'm afraid that the test could fail miserably uh and half of the budget goes on to that and half of the effort is also upon that as well yeah budget can go really quickly and i'm glad you brought that up i know i've seen I always get for some reason now, I think it's like been the past like three months, I keep getting ads from people that are in digital marketing that say, you know, I've spent X amount, now I have a profitable business, but I've spent X amount of dollars in ads and they might seem a little bit funny, but it is true. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to spend a lot of your budget very quickly and you might eventually, you might have a great product, you know, it's something that's really going to work with the market and be universally loved by consumers, but if you haven't figured out how to market that product correctly, uh, it's going to take you a lot in terms of ad spend to get the messaging right to where it's finally converting, and you might not have the luxury of risking that. Um, talking a little bit more about like virtual assistants and you know where you can find help and things like that, where do you suggest? Some of these entrepreneurs look to to what are your some of your best resources whether they're like online digital resources or they're actually where to find these people in terms of helping you grow your business luckily enough for me i've just networked um and i'm not a big networker uh i've just happened to know people i guess after so many years of being an entrepreneur and just surrounding myself uh all my friends are entrepreneurs themselves so it's kind of the only circle I've known and the only circle I have. So that being said, I would always invest in who you spend your time with. If you're serious about start a, starting a business, you know, having beers with friends is great, but 
It's not going to empower you in any way. You need to start surrounding yourself with people that are actually add value into your life. And while childhood friends are great, and you know uh, they 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 bring out the inner kid in you, because of course I love my friends from from childhood. But I I think that in order for you to build a network uh, that is actually reliable, it takes dedication into you know, self-improvement and just surrounding yourself with people that add value. Whereas, and, and this is something that I've done throughout the years, whereas it's not like, oh, I'm going to go to this conference and meet some people and they're going to help me out because those people are also there to sell stuff. Uh, and they also have a career and need to make money. So um, it's something that that just takes time, uh, you know, in terms of where specifically to go to, uh Right now, you can't network much and go into places, but there's definitely ways to network virtually. There's there's Facebook groups um, and don't just ask for stuff, you know, give value, build relationships. Uh, and that's why you should start that sooner than later. You never know. I mean, I've, as an example right now, um, a trend, you know, I have a friend who I've known for probably like six years. Um, and we just touched base here and there. We met up whenever he's in town. And and uh, he's a, he, he does conversion rate optimization for some of the biggest beauty brands. And it just happened that I need some help with something. And I just reached out to him last night. And he was like, sure, man. But it's not like I went to a conference looking for somebody to help me on, on a specific use case or asked right away. So... While you can use platforms like Fiverr or Upwork, sure, uh, but I really do think that it's something that you should always be investing in into surrounding yourself with people that are resourceful. Yeah, and I think that's actually a really good first step, I would say, to take before you even end up in maybe you might invest a little bit of your dollars, but I think before you really invest a lot of your budget, you should definitely reach out to key people in that space, uh, people that you can potentially lean on, maybe someone that's not doing like a direct competition, for instance, like maybe, like you mentioned, someone that's good at Facebook ads for a lot of D2C companies. Let's say you're doing something in beauty or fashion. Maybe you reach out to someone who has some ads experience in running more beauty or fashion things and then you kind of build that network and use that to kind of understand how to do more of these processes better and you know there's no real monetary risk that you're making by reaching out to someone trying to grow your network you're not the only thing you're really spending is time and while time is a very valuable thing for entrepreneurs uh, you're going to have to spend some time one way or the other to eventually grow your business so i think that that's a really good First step is making sure that your, that your idea is validated in your circle, or if you don't have a circle, start forming that circle, people that you can rely on and lean on to share your ideas with. And don't just pick people that are going to go with you and say like, Hey, yeah, this is a great idea, Ramon. Like, I love the idea and things like that. Some of these people should be there to challenge you and say, Hey, Ramon, this idea is not very good this is not going to work out. And that really helps to push you and find ultimately what's going to be the best fit for the market. And who knows, someone might give you an idea that might turn your product into something that is an even better or stronger fit for 
consumers than you already thought was in place. I think that's a, a something important to touch on is the, val- the way you validate the idea is don't be looking for some sort of validation from other people into why you should be doing something. And that's something that your subconscious mind will make you do without even noticing why you're doing it. Do not fall into that trap. The real way to validate something is to have people that you don't know purchase it and pay you money for it. So don't go to someone and say, is this a good idea? Is this something I should work on? If you're working on it, you have your own reasons. And the way I would ask people you know whether it's a good idea or not is to tell them, Hey, how do you currently take, for example, let's say you're selling a notepad uh, for taking notes. Hey, how do you currently take notes? Can you tell me more about that? Wouldn't it be cool if you could do this? Or what do you wish you could do uh, with your notepad that you're not able to do right now? And why is that? Oh, so imagine something that this or that. And then they're like, oh, I would totally buy that. Whereas you go and say, hey, I have a note for you that's going to do this and that. People that feel good for you, people that you know, there's some people that can't handle confrontation and just will tell you, uh, sure, I would buy it to brush you off. But the moment that the money has to be put on the table, um, you spent all this time on all these feedback that now people are just not buying the product. Uh, You realize that you just wasted all your time in validating the product the wrong way. And here's some actionable takeaway steps. So... When you reach out to other strangers that you might look up to or have done what you have done, don't just reach out and say, hey, um, can you help me with X, Y, and Z? I would, let's say you have a $300 budget. I would take a $50 budget out of that to just take a stab at it yourself with ads. Run your ads and then, you know, take notes of what were your biggest challenges and what your mistakes were. When you reach out to that person, don't just say, hey, I tried to run ads, it failed. You could take it a step further and say, hey, if you were running your first campaign, what do you wish you had known? And to even take it one step further above that, don't just ask, like, what would you wish you had known? Say, hey, you know, I ran my test. Here's my results. Here's my challenge. Here's what I've tried to do about it to fix these challenges and it's not working. What would you have told yourself? Because as Jay mentioned, entrepreneurs value their time and they get emailed a lot by people that just want advice. And if you're just reaching out in a lazy way uh, to say, hey, just help me out with this, chances are you're never going to get responses. So make it worth your time. Make it worth your own time because you're going to end up wasting a bunch of time reaching out to people that aren't going to respond. So Take it seriously, hold hold yourself accountable and, and, you know, show the other person that that you're actually doing something that you're putting effort into. Yeah, I think that is a great tip that you provided. It shows a lot of not only motivation, but it shows that the entrepreneur is actually interested in what they're doing when they're willing to go out and do the work themselves. I feel just like you mentioned, I think the way that it comes across is if you if your first action is to go reach out to someone and try and get them to solve your problem, it kind of shows that you just want people to do the work for you. And obviously that doesn't work. It, you might be able to, maybe you get away with it a couple times or something like that, but that's not a long-term scalable process. And it shows a lot when you're able to put in the effort first and say, Hey, you know what? I tried it. It didn't work. And now as a result of me, not doing well or me failing at this, I want to reach out to someone that's an expert in this area 
and see what they would have advised me to do better. So I think that's a really good piece of advice there. One more takeaway point is if you do end up taking their suggestions, don't just go and do it and fail and never reach out to that person again or even make it work and never reach out to that person again. In my own personal experience, whether I fail at the process or not, I'll give the person a $10 a Starbucks virtual gift card uh, just as a thank you. It's the least you could do. Um, people are giving you their time. And once again, it goes back to building long-term relationships. You never know when uh, that person uh, you, you could need their help from again and also offer your time. You never know um, how you could be valuable to them. And entrepreneurs are a very reliable community because we all give back because we were all um, helped by someone else. And we also learn when we teach. So just keep that in mind when uh, taking help from, from someone. Yeah, definitely. I know we've gone on a little bit longer than we usually do in our podcast. So I don't want to make this, yeah, I don't want to make this too long. That was definitely fun. I think we've got a lot of actionable tips that we've been able to share with our listeners. So before we go, I do want to ask, do you have any final tips that you want to share for for entrepreneurs or or first time entrepreneurs, uh, people just trying to get out there and and build their product? Like, uh, what are your last takeaways that you would give? You should have asked that before. I just threw out my two takeaway points. I would probably say, and this is a fact, I validated everything I've done without talking to anyone I know and just having people purchase something that I don't know, having a stranger buy something. So however you're going to do it, figure it out. But if you get someone to give you a dollar in exchange for what you're selling, you've got something. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on the trend and we will see you next time. One thing I do want to leave with is I think it would be good for everyone that has followed along for so long with this podcast. If you are a first time entrepreneur, especially someone that's trying to build a brand or a product for a consumer base and you have any questions, feel free to send us over an email. Uh, if you've tested something and you're just looking for an extra set of eyes or anything like that, we're always available for that. But other than that, this has been a really good podcast and we'll see you guys next time on The Trend.